Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. You know, I think I know why uh, Pastor Mark uh, takes an idea and preaches four sermons on it. Because um, you're getting ready to get four sermons in one morning. (laughs) So uh, if you have a pencil and a piece of paper, uh, you might want to jot down some things. But the other thing you definitely want to do, I have literally, literally been in this in the 11th chapter of John since January. And uh, it, is so, it is so powerful. And if you'll bear with me, I'm going to probably cover, try to cover more than I probably should even attempt to. But um, if you do have your Bible with you, turn with me to uh, uh, John chapter uh, 11. And I'm going to share with you verses uh, 1 through 3 from the, from the Amplified. And the Scripture says, Now a certain man named Lazarus was ill. He was of Bethany, the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. This Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was now sick. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love, and then the Amplified, this is in brackets, so well, he who you love so well is sick. Let's bow and pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus Christ, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one of the things that we hear over and over and over, and I think sometimes it loses its its effectiveness because we do hear it so much, is that God is love. God is love. A young man came to Jesus He told him he had kept the commandments. He was known as a rich young ruler. And the Bible says Jesus loved him. And then in John 4, Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. And sitting on a well, a woman came up to him. She had been married five times and was living with a man who wasn't her husband. I've been married to one woman. One. 55 years. I I have no idea what it would be like to marry, be married to five different women. I have no clue, absolutely no clue. I haven't figured out the one I've married to yet. But you know what? She was a Samaritan. Jesus loved her. I would, went to McMinnville, Oregon, which is about 50 miles south of Portland, to preach an area-wide crusade. And on Saturday morning, we went to Portland to do street witnessing. And so, you you know, when you witness cold turkey, I mean, that's just really something. I mean, we just walked right up to people, and there was this guy, he was about 6'4", and I went up to him and asked him what his name was, and he he was walking very fast. And in fact, every every two steps he took, I took three. And so I said, "Where, where are you from? He said, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I said, wow, this is unbelievable. I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky, and God, God, 
sent me to Portland and you to Portland so I could tell you he loves you. He looked at me and said, you're crazy. <laughs> he said, you're crazy. Did you know something? Did you know something? God loves you. Carl Barth, who wrote volume upon volume on theology, the Old Testament, the New Testament, when he was an old man, someone asked him this question, what is the greatest thought that's gone through your brilliant mind? And you know what he said? He waited a moment and he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. My friend, God loves you. Never, never forget that. He loved Lazarus. Now, the scripture says in the next verse, Jesus received the message. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but, it's to, but in the con to the contrary, it is to honor God and promote his glory that the Son of God might be glorified through him. Now, keep this in mind. You and I are to live for the glory of God, period. Okay? Did you get that? We are to live for the glory of God, period. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, he said, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do so that you will be happy. Is that what it says? I don't think so. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. Now, just stop and think for just a moment. In the busyness of our lives right now, the Scripture says, whatsoever you do, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Francis went to get some pumpkin muffins at a drive-thru. And she gets home, and guess what? They gave her apple muffins. She hates apple muffins. She put them back in the car, and she went back, and she said, I ordered pumpkin muffins. And the lady says, I'm so sorry. We don't have any more. And gave her something else. Now, that is a crude illustration. When I played basketball, my coach would say, you don't have your head cut in today. And what I'm saying is that unless we're very careful in the society in which we live, we live with our faces stuck in our phones. I mean, I, I've never honked my horn so much in my life. I mean, I can't even believe it. I just want to say, pull off and make your call. Pull off and text. Help, help me out here. Because, you know what, we are, the treadmill of life is going faster and faster and faster and faster. And the Word says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And Jesus said, now what's taking place right now is for the glory of God, okay? What, whatever's taking place in your life, whatever's taking place, you and I are to live to the glory of God. Now, here's what takes place. Jesus said, you know, Lazarus has died. And it's believed 
that it was one day's journey from where Lazarus lived to where Jesus was. And so the messenger came and spent the one-day journey, and while he was coming, Lazarus died. And then the next day, the messenger went back to uh, where Lazarus was. That was the second day. And then Jesus stayed one more day before he took the day's journey back, which meant there were four days from the time that they said Lazarus is sick until Jesus actually arrived. Now, I want you to listen carefully to verse 20 of the same chapter. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know he will rise again in the day of the resurrection. Now, she said, I know, I know that whatever you ask the Father, he will do. I, 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 I know that. But you know what? It went right over her head. She said, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have, would not have died. Now, let me ask you a question. What's happened in your life that you said, Jesus, I had a problem. And I'm like Mary and Martha. When they, their brother was sick, they called for you. And you know what? You didn't come. You didn't come. You stayed where you were. Does that sound familiar? And you know what she was asking? Why? Do you have a why today? Do you have a why? Maybe you got more than one why. What? If you just come, if you just come, if you just come, he wouldn't have died. You, you, you could have healed him. You know what we're we're guilty of? We are guilty of telling Jesus how to run his business. Did, did you get that? We're guilty of saying, now, Lord, this is the way it should be. And then it doesn't work out the way we want it to work out. And we say, why, 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 did, why didn't you show up, Jesus? Why didn't you show up? If only, I call them, it went right over his head. And then, guess what? Guess what? They, uh, they say, Martha goes back home. And she says, to her sister, the Lord is here and he's calling for you. And so Martha comes, and guess what Martha says? She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now let me ask you a question. How long do you think Mary and Martha, sitting at home, Lazarus sick, dies, and they're sitting there talking to each other, and they're saying, what gives here? What's, what's, what, what's this all about? He, he didn't come. And both of them have the same speech. Now, let me ask you a question. In your unanswered prayers, have you talked to somebody else? And you know what's dangerous about us talking to each other? We agree with each other. 
We agree with each other. Yeah, yeah, if, if he'd have come, he wouldn't have died. He, you, he could have healed him. I, I mean, look, look at this situation right now. Look, look at it. And so the, both sisters said the same thing. If only you had been here, our brother would not have died. And my friend, the only way I can say it is that um, what have you done with your unanswered prayers? What have you done with your unanswered prayers? Uh, Mark Twain said one time, he said, um, you know, he said, I prayed one time and God never answered, so I never prayed again. You know something? God did answer. Did you know that? Did you know a no is an answer? Did you know a no is an answer? Did you know that wait is an answer? Did you know that? Wait is an answer. And so what, what, what do we have here is that Jesus came on his time and Jesus came on his terms. And then Jesus asked the, the question, he said, um, where, have you, where have you laid Lazarus? Where, where have you put him? And I'd like to ask you this morning, where have you put your unanswered prayer. Have you given up? Have you thought he's not going to answer my prayer? You see, this is, this is right down to the very depth of your soul and your relationship with the Lord. And you're saying, you know, I, I believe, but I, I am, I'm bewildered. I, I'm confused. I really am. And that's what these two sisters were saying. They were saying, you know, we're really confused. But guess what? One of the things I've learned is as I've, as I've studied the Bible, God is never in a hurry. Did you know that? You know, it took six days for creation. If Francis had been there, it wouldn't have taken six days. Did you get that? And for you who don't know, Francis is my wife. <laughs> well, guess what? There was a young man named Joseph. And he said to his brothers, I had a dream. And uh, in the dream, there were these sheaves of wheat. And they all bowed down. And you're going to bow down to me. And they were not happy about it. And so they were out taking care of the sheep, and the father sent him out. They saw him coming. Now here is this man that God gave him a dream, and his brother said, let's kill him. And Reuben said, no, let's don't kill him. Let's put him in a pit. And they put him in the pit. And then some Egyptian traders came along, and they sold him. Where's God? Where's God? That didn't end the story. Sold him to a man named Potiphar who was a military leader. His wife made a pass at Joseph while Potiphar was away. He resisted her pass. He came home and she said, look, I've got Joseph's coat. He ran out. He propositioned me. Potiphar had him put in prison. Then two guys had dreams in prison. 
Joseph interpreted them and said, when you get out, don't forget me. They got out and they forgot him. Thirteen years. Thirteen years from the time he was 17 till the time he was 30. It was, why God, why God, why God? Where are you, God? Where are you? The pit, the lady lying about him, the prison. Oh, God, where are you? Where are you? But let me tell you something. Had it not been for the shackles around his ankles, he would not have had the golden chain around his neck and second in command of all of Egypt. Thirteen years. Then there was another man. His name was Moses. The one who was chosen to be the leader of the Israelites. He murdered a guy. Did you want to say it? He murdered a guy. And he escaped. And he went on the backside of the desert. 40 years, and guess what he did? He smelled dirty sheep. If you haven't smelled a dirty sheep, go, go smell a dirty sheep. <laughs> 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. Oh, God, where are you? Why, oh, God, why, why? My people are suffering. Why? And then the burning bush, the burning bush after 40 years. Well, that isn't all. There was a guy named David. He was anointed at 15. Do you know how long it was before he became the king of all of Israel? Do you know how long it was? 22 years. 22 years. 22 years of struggles. Saul trying to kill him. Other people trying to kill him. Running, 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 running. 22 years. Did, did I say that God's not in a hurry? Did I say that? I'm sure he had a lot of questions. And there was one more. His name was Abraham. And God said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. He was 75 years old. At 85, Abraham said, I, I, this isn't working out like I thought it was going to work out. Have you ever said that? It's not working out like I thought it was going to work out. And so his wife says, well, now I'll tell you what we need to do. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll, I'll give you one of my, my, my maids. And so he slept with Hagar, and they had a son. Have you ever tried to help God out? <laughs> Have you ever tried to help God out? Don't, don't you get tired of waiting? God, God, what's this all about? What's this all about, God? I mean, I, I am so tired of, I mean, oh, God, uh, you, you know what? If you want to help God out, he'll let you. He'll let you make a mess. Oh, did I say that we're to live for the glory of God? You see, the process is what's not easy. And you're in the middle of a process right now. And God doesn't need any help. Now, I know, I know you've told him he needs some help, that you're going to help him. I know you've done that. I, I know you've done that because I have. 
It's so much fun to come to God and say, God, I had this little idea, okay? I had this little idea, and, and I'm going to help you with this. I'm gonna, I know where we're going, but, but you need some help, God. You need some help. But you know something? When I get involved, God gets no glory. When I get involved, God gets no glory. Take your hands off of your dream. Now, I love the way Paul wrote it. He said it this way about Abraham. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving, giving glory unto God. Now, this is, this is, this is, so, this is so heavy. Because you see, we, are you staggering in your faith? In your faith, are you staggering? And, and I, you know, like I said, this is four sermons in one. And I, I was through writing and I was studying on something else. And bingo, this just popped out of the clear blue. And Walter Lippmann said this, and this is, this is so powerful. The greatest of all perplexities in theology has been to reconcile the infinite goodness of God with his omnipotence. Nothing puts a greater strain upon the faith of the common man than the existence of utterly irrational suffering in the universe. Irrational suffering. I never thought of it that way. But here, here's, what he's, here's what he's saying. God is a good God. Amen? God is all-powerful. Amen? I saw a book title, If God Loves Me, Why Can't I Open My Locker? <laughs> if God loves me, why hasn't this thing worked out right? If God loves me, if God really loves me, Jesus, you would have showed up. If God really loves me, this would all be over now. I've told you I love you, Father. I've told you, God, that I'll do anything you want me to do, but this waiting is killing me. I, I, don't, I don't get it. You, you see, Walter Lippmann said this. He said that suffering is irrational. No, no, no. He's 110% wrong. You see, it's in your suffering that you come to know the Father. And, and you know what? Here's, here's the thing. God knows what he's doing and what he wants to do with you far exceeds anything that you could imagine. When, when God started Feed the Children, I was an evangelist. I, I, I didn't even know that he started it. I didn't even know. Did you hear me? I didn't even know. You see, what happens to us is we play the role of Mary and Martha, and we settle in and we say, now Jesus, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Well, do you know something? God has a better idea. God has a better idea. And so they go, 
And Jesus said, where'd you lay him? And they said, well, we got him over here in a grave, and we rolled a stone over the grave. And Jesus said, I want you to roll the stone back. And do you know what they said? Just a minute. You see, we're always telling Jesus how to run his business. By the way, he's been in there four days and his body's now stinking. Oh, my lands, my lands, my land. What have you done? What have you put aside and put a stone over it and said, it's dead? God isn't going to use me. Do you know what Jesus was doing? Do you know what he was doing? He was making one of the greatest announcements of his whole ministry. He was going to make an announcement that I, <coughs> she said, he'll, he'll be raised in the last day. You know what Jesus said? I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that liveth and believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That's the promise that he was, that's what he was getting ready to do. He was getting ready to make the announcement of all announcements. For you see, if Jesus did not come back from the dead, we would have no faith. We would all be here in vain, totally. But when he came back from the grave, when he came back, he proved himself to be the son of the living God. And my friend, we have eternal life because of what he did. And he said, Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. I'm getting ready to make the announcement at a grave of your brother. This is the announcement of an all announcements. I want you to know something. While you thought God did not pay attention to your prayer, God did not pay attention to the, your heartache, you were saying, oh God, why am I here today? Why, why, why? God has been at work in your life. If David had received the crown as the king at 17, he was not ready. If Moses had received the commission at 40, he was not ready. If Joseph at 17 had been tried to become the, the, the prime minister of Egypt, he was not ready. And you know something? Mary and Martha were not ready for the glory of the Lord to be revealed. And you know something? God knows when you and I are ready for his glory to be revealed in us. Amen. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, why did he do it another way? You know what? I'll ask him when I get to heaven. I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue. But this much I do know. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And my friend, you're in the making for something good and for something great. And since I come from Kentucky, did you know Colonel Sanders was 65 years old when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken? Did you know that? You see, when God gets ready to do something, he doesn't do it in a hurry. Did you hear me? He doesn't do it in a hurry. And this is why on any given Sunday, except Easter and Christmas, about 50% of the people that signed up that they were followers of Jesus and joined a church, they don't show up. They don't show up. You know why? Because we're all like Mary and Martha. Lord, if you had have been... And you, 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 you fill in the blank. If you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. 
Oh, my friend, I want you to know something. God loves you. God loves you so much. And I don't know why he's chosen to reveal himself the way he's chosen to reveal himself in you, in you. Because you know what? You're a specimen of one kind. Nobody's got a fingerprint like you. Nobody's got the DNA like you. And oh, my friend, while you may think God's forgotten you, he has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. And you know something? You know something? Mosaic church. Mosaic church. All, all of the pieces of life, the times that you struggle, the times that you say, I, I just can't see God in this. I can't see God in this. You know, I, I was listening to Steve Hill, who, who for like four and a half years preached the Brownsville Revival down in Florida. And he said, you know, he said, I heard Dave Wilkerson. And he said, I went to his school. And he said he preached a, a sermon on spells. There will be spells in your life when you feel like that, that God is so distant and so far away. And he said, I was sitting there saying, why would you, why would you talk about this? And he said, guess what? Of all the sermons I heard David Wilkerson preach, this is the one I think about all the time. Spells. We all have spells when, we're, when we have our doubts. We have our struggles. And we say, oh, God, are, are you really doing anything? Are you really doing anything? And you know something? When God reveals himself in what he's doing with you, he gets all the glory. For you see, the one person that listened to Jesus that day was a dead man. Uh-oh. I die daily. And you know what? There's a song that's been written. Jesus was four, day late, four days late, but he was still on time. Jesus was 32, 22 years late. He was still on time in David's life. Moses, 40 years, he was still on time. Oh, my friend, God loves you. And listen, I, I, I know what struggles are. I know what questions are. I know what whys are. But you know what I've discovered? I can't fight with God. My arms are too short. <laughs> Jesus said, when he was standing at the tomb of Lazarus, he prayed a prayer, and he said, Father, I know that you hear me, and I want you to know something. God's heard your prayer. He's heard your prayer, and he's not through with you yet. And what he's doing, I don't know, but I know this. The Father had something in mind when he saved you. The Father has something in mind with all the struggles that you have, and you don't have to come and say, Lord, if you'd just been here, and put it in whatever situation you want. Or if you say, why did this happen to me? My friend, he has a wonderful way of taking the struggles, the hurts, the wounds of life and meshing them together and using you for his honor and for his glory.
that's what he wants to do. Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. All I'm going to ask you to do this morning is just lift your hand, and that's all. And I want to pray for you. If you say, Brother Larry, this morning, there's some things in my life that I've struggled with. I've asked why, and I've said, Lord, why didn't you show up? But this morning, I want to commit my whys, my difficulties, my problems. I want to give them to the Lord right now. Would you just slip your hand up and just keep it up while we pray? Just slip it up. All over the, all over the auditorium, just slip it up. Just slip it up. And it's okay. It's okay that you've said, why, God? Where were you at? God has a better idea. He wants to use you. Just honoring by slipping your hand up and say, pray for me. Just slip it up and keep it up for just a moment. And now I'd like for us to pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you like Mary and Martha. I've got whys and I've got where were you at. But this morning, I believe you're at work in my heart and life. Father, I commit myself to you, afresh and anew. Use me for your glory. Use me for your honor. And let me continually look at you in everything I do. And may I bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen.